Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. I'm your host, Jeff Large. On today's show, I spoke with Shannon Martin, the Senior Principal Product Consultant and Lead Architect for Nuance's Pediatric Clinical Content. We'll pick up the conversation where she provides a bit more detail on what that means. I am Shannon Martin. I am the Senior Principal Product Consultant and the Lead Architect for our Pediatric Clinical Content. All right. And then what does that practically mean, Shannon? It means that I write all of our clinical content for our pediatric products. Okay. Excellent. So I know just we're really in some interesting times. Hospitals and physicians are experiencing this kind of new normal in our kind of COVID slash post-COVID type of environment. You have some unique perspective when it comes to acute and pediatric care. What can you tell me about that? Well, so I think that The difference in acute care and pediatric care, of course, we're talking about adults as opposed to pediatrics, but is in the payer and the way that payments are made for pediatric hospitals as opposed to acute care hospitals. Acute care hospitals, they have private payers. They have a lot of patients that are self-pay. And in the pediatric setting, the majority of payers are Medicaid. And so that's one of the big differences. And then when you look at acute care in adult versus pediatrics, the way that disease processes are in adults as opposed to pediatrics. So children are born with conditions, congenital conditions. And so the disease process doesn't look the same way it looks in an adult. So if you think about those comorbid conditions in adults, those are long-term problems. They're hypertension, their diabetes, those types of things. It's different or how that process works in children is different. And it's not that they have done something over a long time that has now resulted in this complex condition. But oftentimes in children, they're born with something. And so the pathophysiology behind it is different. And so you end up with maybe a disease that has the same name, but what goes on behind the scenes in it is totally different in children than it is in an adult. Okay. All right. Super valid point. And so as we're looking at some of these differences, like you said, because of longevity, um, obviously there's a huge difference between somebody being born and somebody having this onset disease, whatever it might be. How are hospitals and physicians supposed to respond then to some of these differences and what should they be aware of? as we're we're looking at this even in the sense of recovery? So I think that documentation is going to be the key. And what we do with our CDI solutions here at Nuance is that we focus on capturing those secondary diagnoses in children that are going to impact either reimbursement or the severity of illness and risk of mortality and, and in turn quality. And so what we do is we focus on, I'll give you an example. In the last few years, one of the biggest reasons for admission in pediatric hospitals has been acute bronchitis. It's been the number one reason for admission in the last few years. And if you think about acute bronchitis in an adult that, or bronchitis in an adult, that disease process is something that an adult is at home with. And so that's the number one reason for kids to come in the hospital. So we are looking at, it specifically in bronchitis, those other opportunities that 
made that child sick enough to be admitted into the hospital. So we're looking for, say, acute respiratory failure or some type of aspiration that has now brought it to the level where the child needs to be admitted. And so we're looking for those opportunities in pediatric cases. We're looking for those opportunities to just paint a better picture for the physician to paint an accurate picture that shows why this seemingly simple diagnosis is at a level of care where they need to be admitted to the hospital. Can you elaborate, like, so maybe on the reverse side, if we aren't paying as much detail to the quality and the clarity of the documentation, what can happen? Well, I think when you leave off the details, you open yourself up for misdiagnoses. And we know that misdiagnosis is a huge problem in the pediatric setting. And you open yourself up for litigation when you leave off those important details, when you aren't supporting uh, the reason that that patient came in. So again, talking about you know bronchitis or even a simple pneumonia, when a physician thinks that uh, you know I've done enough or I've documented enough and the clinical documentation specialist is asking them to add those details, it just makes the picture more accurate. It supports medical necessity. It supports all the resources that are going into that patient's care, all the, you know, if you're reaching out to respiratory therapists, the nursing care, all of that is supported when you have those details. And when you don't have those details, you open yourself up for denials from an insurance payer. So it's important to include everything. It's important to have those. It may seem small, but the smallest details can put you over the edge to where you are not at risk of being denied or at risk of missing a diagnosis, just looking at and and digging further into that chart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's definitely perks um, and benefit. It sounds like on both the client side and the provider side. Will you also clarify for me, what are some of the differences between acute and pediatric when it comes to reimbursement? So again, Medicaid is the primary payer for most pediatric hospitals. And that's not the case in adult facilities. Adult facilities, they have private payers, they have Medicare, and then they might have a mix of payers. So a a pediatric facility is paid primarily by Medicaid because that's the majority of their population. They have some self-pay patients, but what has happened with self-pay patients is with the expansion of the Affordable Care Act, those self-pay patients that maybe were above the level, the financial level to qualify for Medicaid. Now those patients qualify for CHIP or some type of Medicaid that, um, some combination. And so those patients have insurance as well. And that's, there. I think there are like 37 million children covered by Medicaid now. And I think 9 million covered by CHIP. So what happens is, Medicaid reimburses at a lower level than commercial payers. So you have more children that are insured, but you're still being reimbursed at a lower level. So it makes sense to make sure that the documentation, that the medical record is accurate because the more information you have, the more you can support the level of care, the more you can support even a higher level of care or extended days. So you want to optimize how much you're getting paid within the realm of what Medicaid is going to pay because you know that you have more children that are insured, 
but they're insured where they're going to pay. You're going to get paid at a lower rate. So adult hospitals got paid more when more people, when, when, um, the Affordable Care Act expanded Medicaid and more young people were covered under insurance. That meant that it took self-pay patients away from adult facilities or acute care facilities. And so, or it took a lot of them out of that rotation. And so they're getting paid. They're getting paid at a lower rate because it is Medicaid, but they are getting paid for those patients. As opposed to in a pediatric facility, we're getting paid, but we're still getting Medicaid paid. So you want to make sure that the chart is accurate to make sure that you're optimizing how much Medicaid is going to pay you within those limits. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really valid point because obviously, uh, depending on the circumstances, the, the child will need whatever specific care that that child needs. And for you as a hospital or a physician, being able to be appropriately reimbursed for the type of care you're providing, um, especially now as we're looking at some of our situations where we're paying more attention to the budgets and things like that, it's, it just seems very crucial at this point. So let's say the listener is is interested and intrigued by what you've said so far. What are some practical things that they could do to begin better optimizing their documentation and improving this aspect of their revenue recovery? Well, again, I mean, our CDI solution, we have inside of our CDI solution, we have education, we have resources that address specific pediatric diagnoses. And we have that broken down by body system. So, you know, one of the other big diagnoses that pediatric hospitals see is convulsions or seizures, epilepsy, and just talking about looking for those other things that may be going on with that patient, taking a deep dive into that medical record and looking for those, you know, indicators, those clinical indicators that something else is going on with that patient. So, you know, in a, um, a child that's admitted with convulsions, looking for um, the opportunity for aspiration, looking to see if that respira respiratory rate is increased, if they're having any increased work of breathing, looking for those additional just where your nurse mind says it's something else that's going on or where your physician mind says, is there something else that's going on? And I think we do a really good job of assisting and looking for those clinical and clinical indicators, those risk factors, that clinical evidence that's going to build the case for the additional diagnoses. And so what my thought is um, to just take a deeper dive, to look and see if there's anything further, if there's any opportunity to maybe refine a doc diagnosis, to look and see you know, in the, the child that's admitted with, you know, a UTI, is there something else going on with that infection? Is it farther along than just a simple UTI? And so when you look at these common things that kids come in with, to just take a deeper dive in that chart, kids coming in with asthma, uh, the opportunity to, 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 see if there's status asthmaticus going on. Most kids you can bring into the ED and treat and they're able to go home from the emergency room. But when they have to be admitted, is it something more that's going on? And can we further specify and can we get deeper into that chart and, and deeper into what's going on with that kid and, and make that picture more accurate to, to provide those details? Excellent. Shannon, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To realize your improved revenue, visit nuance.com forward slash revenue.